0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Today y Manana. I'm Alex. This is Michael. We're very excited to have you joining us this morning. I want to say, very warm. Very
1: warm. And humid morning. Humid morning. I, I don't Virginia. know if you had the same experience when we left our house. We're a little up. And we're like, we live in like the barracks farm area, so we're like a little higher altitude. But when we came down into town, like by the time I got in my car, it was all wet. It was all fogged up. It yeah, was crazy. it was fogged up. It was wet. It was because I, I saw that it was supposed to be eighty today. I yeah. walked out of the house and like, This
0: is not eighty. This is fifty. So I, I got my extra jacket and everything came out of the tunnel like, oh, wow, it is going to be 80 today. Just, yeah. you can feel it. You can feel it. But that's not, not an excuse to avoid getting a café con leche or whatever makes you get going in the morning, settling down and watching some Today y mañana. We have some two fantastic guests I already know it's going to be a... An amazing show. Uh, we're going to be joined very shortly by Irina Dodonetsky. Um, she's the owner of With Simplicity Beauty uh, here, and as well as later in the show by Lee Elberson. He's the CEO of Claiborne Education. So we've got some fantastic local entrepreneurs and guests that are going to be joining us, so we're very excited about that. Absolutely. I'm glad to be on the show here Thank originally. you. I'm Marko. glad to be
1: here. I know I was supposed to be on two so, weeks ago, but I caught like a little like, scratchy throat, so Nick had to fill so in Nick for me. So Nick filled in. He know, did an okay job. He did Some, almost as good, almost um, as well as you. Hey, as done. best as he could, right? As best as he could. <laughs> <laughs> uh, poor Nate, hopefully he's not watching.
0: <laughs> uh, but always love being here uh, on the Isle of Seaville network set with you. Of course, always uh, gra- feeling gratitude towards uh, our presenters, Emergent Financial Services, Castle Hill Cider, Credit Serious Insurance, our good friends Miguel and Chit and Carolina at Credit Serious Insurance, as well as Forward Adelanto, uh, Forward Adelante, the premier Latino networking group here in Charlottesville, Virginia. So I don't know about you, but I am very excited yeah. to, to jump right I in. Let's go. today's let, Let's do it. Let's do it. So we are very excited to welcome to the show this morning, Irina Dovdanetsky. She is the owner of With Simplicity beauty. Thank you, yeah, Irina, thank for joining us this morning. Thank you. Thank
2: you so much for having me here. Oh,
0: no, it's, it's it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. So, for those who don't know you, who haven't uh, met you before on the show, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to start with Simplicity.
2: So, I always say that with Simplicity, it was an accidental business. It's more of a <laughs> no. hobby that turned into a business. But uh, back in 2014, when I had my third child, um, I quit my job and I was going through like this detox at home and everything had to be tossed away. And my husband thought I was crazy. But uh, so we had organic detergents and all of the things prepping for the baby. But then my makeup and my skincare was not clean. And I'm like, wait, like, I'm so worried about this baby and things in the house, but I'm still putting makeup and skincare that is pretty toxic toxic, Mm -hmm. or like glitter. And I'm like, well, as a woman, like that gives me confidence Mm -hmm. and I enjoy my routine, especially taking care of my skin. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to give it up. And back about 10 years ago, it was not mainstream and it was really hard to find something that worked with my skin and that Mm -hmm. I enjoyed. So I decided to kind of make things for myself, um, not even considering to sell stuff mm. it was just something that i wanted to do for myself like a and need
0: that you had that i
2: needed and then my husband had like a cracked lip and actually one of our first products was a lip balm that i made for him because i just got tired of his like lip cracking in the winter <laughs> and it gets on the <laughs> pillowcase, and i'm like we gotta stop this so um that was one of my first little adventures and trying out uh, making my own products Interesting.
1: Oh, interesting. I find it interesting that you mentioned the organic aspect because our mother was big, has been big in organic since we were born, I think. And we grew up eating like, she would only buy like organic fruits and vegetables, mm-hmm. organic milk, mm-hmm. and whatnot. And it's kind of funny because it's almost kind of it's passed on generation because maybe it's because of the story she tells us oh, you know what goes into non organic stuff, pesticides yes. and chemicals, this and that. So I guess maybe the horror stories work because at this point it's like every time if I would go to buy something, it's like, uh, I feel like I gotta buy organic, but you know. You forget to
0: think about it sometimes. We would. It's you just put instinctual. On skin. Yeah. Like yeah. you think
1: about okay, I'm eating this,
0: so I don't want to absorb it. But exactly. the reality, your skin your absorbs skin too. Absorb well, a lot of things as your well.
2: Your skin is your biggest organ. So, and I grew up similar. So we grew up farming, and my childhood, all the days are where. Uh, working on canning tomato mm. sauces and my mom it was just gardening and then when you got to the United States it was like all this convenience I'm like I will never can or garden and then we have a mini farm and we garden and they can and I'm like oh no I'm turning into my mom <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: but in a good way though good you just yes. uh, start
2: appreciating things and um, educating and then you know you get older and you want to take care of yourself and make sure you have the health and you know Exactly. Age gracefully.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, but mentioning, it's interesting when you mention that the skin is the biggest organ in the body, because I don't think we even think thinking that. Thinking that manner, like it's like, well, no way, our, our skin absorbs it, you know, it changes and whatnot. And so it's I, your
2: protective barrier from exactly. the outside and your immune system. Everything kind of starts with our skin.
1: Yeah, that's incredible. So yeah. I, I, we see you got some products oh, here. Yeah. Please yeah, go through and, and well, tell us about them. Well, I got you them.
2: guys a little lip balm. Lip
1: balm, perfect. Oh. Got to, Alex try definitely Alex it. needs it. Important for the winter.
2: Yes, you got to have some yeah. lip balm. And then for my husband who loves to shave, got his favorite oh, after shave for aftershave. you guys shave. to try. <clears throat> some beard oil and some soap, so wow. you guys could test wow. out. Oh, Even really? though we have a full range for uh, skincare. For ladies and men, mm-hmm. so and then also. I'm I'm
1: glad there. you didn't bring the uh, ladies one. You know, if we you a little lipstick, lipstick or oh, the mascara. Nah, I don't think. Uh, I mean, maybe we'll get a lot of likes if we start putting it on, but I don't think. Uh, I, we, that would have been, been, been Yeah, quick delete that. No, that next thing. time
2: I'll come in. I'll bring my makeup and put you guys to a test. and watch you guys do makeup on each other?
1: How about that? <laughs> I think I'm gonna be so sick what, that day. We'll, we'll bring in Xavier. He'll be the king. He'll do
0: it. So what's? <laughs> How do you? what's kind of unique because I know you focus a lot on being clean and, and organic. How do you put, how do you go through developing mm-hmm. these products for men and for women? Yeah. Um, with that in mind, how do you sort of go through this and say, okay, I, I can't use these certain mm-hmm. chemicals. So how do you, how do you go about developing them with, from a natural so perspective?
2: Nature is such a powerful thing. So just taking ingredients, if I'm developing, say, uh, product for acne so you kind of do some research which oils or certain ingredients that will help with it and then you have a combination and then you kind of blend them together to see you know how can we repair the barrier how can we hydrate it how we can uh, manage the bacteria and we kind of put it together in this really awesome components that go in you so you have multiple vitamins in it kind of to take care of the barrier bacteria Mm -hmm. and hopefully heal it if it's, you know, just your regular teenage acne or if it's hormonal acne. We try to kind of play with it. But started out with me just researching things online, but then I was able to take some classes, online classes, for organic science and formulations through a school in London. I got to travel there a little bit, so um, I got my education from there and then went to aesthetic school as well. I'm currently still in school, but I mm-hmm. just love learning. Just There's just so much to learn, to learn. and yeah. as soon as you think you learned everything, there's something else to learn. Mm-hmm. So, uh-huh. um, yeah, just continue learning and developing and making our products better and better.
0: That's fantastic. That's wow. amazing. And a couple of shout-outs. We've got some people joining us already. Ana Bashara, thanks for watching the show this morning. Johnny O'Nellis, amigo del programa. Lucrecia Morales, amigo del programa. Muchísimas gracias, uh, for watching this morning. And, of course, Carlo Vincenzo from Italy, thank you for joining us and liking the show this yeah, morning.
1: Yeah, so I actually have a quiz, uh, quick question. So how many times would you, would you go, like, a trial run, for example, for, like, the aftershave? Like, how many times does it take, like, to get something right?
2: So after – some products are – we could nail it within one or two formulas mm-hmm. or sometimes we'll test it and tweak, you know, the scent, the feel. Aftershave took a while just because my husband yeah. likes it a little burn, So to get – uh, a good like a yeah, burn sad. but also hey. gentle on the skin mm-hmm. so that one took a while so it starts with I usually make a couple like two or three formulas variations in different texture scents and then we'll test it out and then we kind of narrow it down until it's like okay we all love it it's doing its job and then we we'll put it out in the market yeah
1: interesting mm-hmm. all right so so if I try then it burns too much i'm going to have to blame your husband yeah you
2: you will, it will. <laughs> I, I I just don't want
1: to end up like uh what's it called Kevin was <laughs> Home alone yeah. mm-hmm. so and yeah,
2: so a few tries
1: a few tries interesting,
0: okay. and
2: then some products never make it because we just end up not loving it, yeah. Huh. <laughs>
0: Interesting. So what are some of the products and services out there for, for the women's side, for the ladies that uh, mm-hmm. watch? So I, I, I be got to be fair, most of our audience is, uh, is women, mm-hmm. so i got to make sure that they know what, what, what kind of things are available.
2: So yeah, we do full range of skincare, uh, full range of makeup, so if you come to our store in Harrisonburg, Virginia, we'll do complimentary mini makeover, get your mm. color match and get your skin care routine, but we're super excited to start offering our European styled facials oh, uh, mm. and some of the Things that we're bringing to the valley, like a buckle facial massage, which is known in Europe, and then it's coming. So if you go to D.C., uh, New York, California, it's very popular there. But. Nobody is doing it in the valley. And selfishly, that's probably the reason I went to school because I couldn't find somebody to get it to done. Do and I've been going to a lady, actually Italian lady in um, Valentina in D.C. to get it done. Wow. And she was amazing. And I'm like, I can't travel, you know, two hours and just to get a facial. So I'm like, I'm going to school and I'm going to do this.
0: <laughs> uh, uh, that's, that's incredible. That's so what kind of makes that different? What what makes something a European style uh, facial? Focus
2: on more of natural So isn't the ingredients that we use and going back to the buccal facial it's actually inter-oral um, massage technique so while well, I you work on your muscles outside and get them prepped but then I do put on gloves and go through your cheeks and work your muscles on the inside so we carry a lot of emotions we sometimes clench our jaw people with TMJ yeah. now it's this uh I think a buckle fat removal mm-hmm. pad. It's used to be a cosmetic surgery popular about 20, 30 years ago. Now it's coming back. It's a cosmetic surgery procedure. But like with my background and aspect like I would never wanna go under a knife, but I still mm-hmm. want to age gracefully and yeah. I still want to look good. So doing and working your muscles and keeping the collagen and keeping your muscles tight and with our gravity and just aging, you know, it's pulling down. So being able to work those muscles up and also. Helps with TMJ, one of the clients that I have been coming to me weekly, and she's like, every time I get up, my bite is a little bit different just because, you know, I release the tension. So um, it's a very powerful technique, and I'm super excited to be able to offer it.
1: That's incredible. It's like almost like facial massaging and facial yoga.
2: It is, kind of. But, yes, it's from yeah. inside and out, so you mm-hmm. get a full benefits of it. Mm-hmm. So it's That's pretty fantastic. good, yeah, yeah. It can help
0: people with, I mean, the pain that comes from mm-hmm. TMJ or from just mm-hmm. the fact that it's true, a lot of our tension can be focused yeah, in the face area. we
2: keep a lot of our emotions in yeah. our clench, the jaw, uh, so... I'm able to kind of work with the muscles and release them. And it's also so super relaxing. So people are like, oh, it doesn't sound like it's fun. Will it hurt? No, it's like super, super relaxing mm. for you. And um, right out of high school, <clears throat> I used to be a dental assistant. Excuse me. <clears throat> so I'm yep. like, I'm very comfortable around the
0: mouth. <laughs> yeah, know I'm how like, to I, do I do got it.
2: this. <laughs> That's fantastic.
0: Mm-hmm. So out of your eyes, what was it like... You know, our audience loves the entrepreneurship side. What was it like to kind of take that plunge and say, all right, I'm doing this
2: mm-hmm.
0: for myself because I, I want to, you know, have these natural products to say, all right, hey, you know what, maybe I'll, I'll, sell. I'll sell this and actually start a business with Alex, this. That,
2: that's a crazy story. Um, so I start doing it for myself, and then, like, I'm like, okay, these ex- – ingredients and i'm like just giving them away in like christmas time um our obviously income was cut in half i quit my job i'm like i'm gonna make them and pass them out people like them then my sister's like okay can you make this this and i'm like again okay. so all i'm doing is like ordering all of these expensive <laughs> things i'm like okay maybe i could start charging a little bit mm-hmm. um and people kept on buying so i'm like all right i guess they don't hate it if they're putting the money towards it then January 12th, 2015, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do this. I, I type A, so I can't sit still, and I need to do things. <laughs> I went to City Hall. I registered, got my name, opened the LLC, and I'm like, I'm going to start doing like a little Etsy shop, and then I start doing little markets. So that first year, I just started going to like a craft show, little fair market, and whoever will invite me, I'll be there. And things sold pretty well, and then I'll start getting repeat customers in person, and then I'm like they're like, oh, when will I see you next time? You know, or where can I buy? And I'm like, you can go on Etsy and buy. But I had such a hard time getting people in 2015 to shop online with me. I'm like, just go to Etsy and buy it. And like I will. How hand- things
0: have changed. Ah, yeah, I was I'm like,
2: to. I will hand deliver. <clears throat> Excuse me. Go order. But like it was hard. I got orders on Etsy from other people in the United States, but I couldn't get local. So I'm like, told my husband, I'm like, I want a little shop in downtown. He was like, I mean, he was just probably being sarcastic it's like sure whatever you know like go try so I walked and it's like couldn't find anything but I was like really particular that I wanted to be on Main Street in downtown I couldn't find anything I couldn't find somebody that would blend well to share a space and this is the time we start getting like food trucks and I'm like okay if they can do it out of the truck why can't I oh. so I'm home I tell my husband like what if we get this like Airstream it's a really cool camper looks like a bullet you restore it and I park it somewhere in downtown. And I don't think he thought I'd actually do it. He's like, well, if you find a parking and somebody would actually let you do this, sure. <laughs> I went that week and got us a parking. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the Airstream. I do not know if that's even allowed, but I signed the lease for parking. <laughs>
1: <You're> <laughs> so hu- that- your husband learned a valuable lesson, I think, that day.
2: <laughs> yes. He didn't even know what Airstream was. So we had to like Google. So then I had to go to... You know, overcome the whole city hall. They're like, yep. Airstream, what's an Airstream? I'm like, let me Google this for you. Like, I am mm-hmm. promise it'll be aesthetically pleasing. You'll be parked, you know, here on Main Street. I yep. already got the lease. And so they approved. We found a beat up little trailer in North Carolina and took us wow. six months to restore it. And that was our first um, storefront. Wow. Out of, yeah, I think we got the storefront was 2016.
1: That's incredible. Mm-hmm. And, and how many years did you? Do it at the Airstream?
2: One year. And then we were able to go from 200 square feet to 2,700 square feet (laughs) storefront on the main street. Mm -hmm. And then um, in February, we were able to purchase a whole building in downtown. So from a little table in downtown to To, we got a building. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) So, But, yeah, it was a lot of just... Being crazy, but not being scared of it. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, the worst thing they could say at City Hall, like, you're nuts. And no. <laughs>
0: exactly. I mean, and if you don't ask, the answer is already no. Yeah. So. so And which, I'm, so many people that we interview, really, that's kind of what entrepreneurship comes down to. Like, you, At some point, you have to take the risk, mm-hmm. right? There's going to be yeah. a whole list of reasons to do it. Yeah. And there's always going to be a list of reasons not to do it.
2: Absolutely. But at some
0: point, you have to say, it's time to go. Like, I have yeah. to actually do this Mm -hmm. if i want to find out if it's going to work
2: oh no absolutely and for me i think i was kind of glad that i didn't find a spot right away because i don't think i had enough customer base at that time Mm -hmm. to sustain like a full building and try to get staff so that airstream was more than enough for the first year and then we another business bought it off of me so she was there for another year so it was kind of curated like a little space for somebody yep. else to start and it was just very low overhead mm-hmm. so it was a mm-hmm. good little start for us <laughs>
0: That's fantastic. and now you've grown tremendously and I believe that you're now international yeah
2: we went to Canada this Which year is... whoop, whoop.
0: Wow! <laughs> so
2: we're super excited to be able to sell to Canada now
0: that's, that's have amazing.
2: this market. Mm-hmm. And
0: so what's it like? How have you kind of managed the growth part? Because, I mean, it's one thing to start. Mm-hmm. And then how have you sort of, as an entrepreneur, managed, okay, growing versus making sure you maintain what mm-hmm. you, the, you know, the customer base that you had in, in Harrisonburg?
2: So it's a team. So it started out with me, then mm-hmm. getting my husband, then my best friend. And now I have a nine ladies team that do an incredible job in just finding those right people for right department and right uh, workload and stuff yeah. so right now i just said i wouldn't be here if it wasn't for my team there's no way i could do all of it or sometimes i'm like man they're smarter than i am <laughs> <laughs> so just finding the right team who has enough passion and mm-hmm. loves the company and the mission and what we're doing as much as i do and it's a right team <laughs> that's
0: amazing and, yeah. and you can see it because of the you're able which it's funny because when we were talking with um, Jeff Cameron from Otra he said similar. In other words, the growth part happens when you get the right team in place this mm-hmm. way the day to day can be run and that kind of frees up a little bit of your brain to have room to say, All right, how do I grow? How do yeah. I expand? How do I take this next step? Because the brain, you know, it can only take so much if you're if you have to actually be running it you know, 24 hours a day.
2: And as soon as I got opportunity, I enrolled in school. I don't know what was I thinking, but I actually <laughs> love it. So, back to school, you know, and I love that Creative aspect of the business Mm -hmm. i like to come up with ideas but i don't necessarily like the daily grind of it so Mm -hmm. having the team who actually thrives and enjoys it has been amazing because i get to do what i love versus like sitting there playing with numbers or doing social media i'm like Mm no i'm I'm good
0: (laughs) (laughs) you let the the other people who enjoy that take care of yeah
2: and then you i'm surprised when people like you know are even a girl who does some of our um production she has to order ingredients and have all these numbers and predictions and like just look at her papers like it gives me stress and anxiety like I'm like "Eh, no thank you but she loves it she's like this is so relaxing for me I'm like
0: shout out to Christina
2: (laughs) and then I have like Mary who kind of runs and manages and she's been amazing just when I'm not there everything is gonna be there Perfect. <laughs> Mayor's in charge. <laughs> there you know, I mean, it's all about having
0: the right, the right yeah, people the in pe- place, mm-hmm. the, the right team.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So, what do you see like coming next? What kind of people expect
2: mm-hmm. coming
0: down the pipeline?
2: So we're, have we already talked about like the Canada, and then also just adding services too. So when. I want to be able for you to come in and I'm able to curate a skin routine. I can maintain it for you. I could Mm -hmm. be able to do like facials and just anything skin related I get excited about and just to be able to provide it for the customers and um, see where it takes us. That's
3: wow. just the way to do it exciting!
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That is now. Now, now,
1: just quickly, f- when you're doing the facial, is that something like um, if you're like a masseuse and you do massage, Is that something that you need like a certificate oh, for? Oh yeah, absolutely! You I do. just
2: finished my two state boards, and I have two more in the fall to uh, do some okay. certain things. Ex- yeah, you mm-hmm. have to. I go to Blue Ridge Schools of Aesthetics mm-hmm. here in Stanton, and then you have to finish graduate from that, and then you have to take state boards. Yeah, well, just people
0: great peace of mind. Know it does. This yeah. Isn't, this isn't just someone saying, "Hey, yeah. all right, I'm going to do this." There's experience, there's knowledge, there's oh, yeah. expertise that you have that goes and into this. And if
2: you come in, you trust me with your face. Yeah. I'm sorry, it's not like your hand or your back. It's your face. I better <laughs> know what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So that mean, which is why your customers keep coming back. Yeah this is amazing and so last question I always like to ask where can people find you both online to get some of the product services and also in Harrisonburg
2: so online we have an amazing easy to use platform it's with simplicitybeauty.com or if you're local to Harrisonburg um, we have a shop on 66 East Market Street right and in downtown you know. or actually we have a wholesale account who has some of our products here in Charlottesville Shop Darling Boutique so they, oh, have, darling boutique, yeah, yep. they have some of our products there as well but um, we ship pretty much every day right now. So.
0: Well, there you have it, withsimplicitybeauty.com. Yep. Mm-hmm. Very easy to remember. Mm-hmm. And uh, definitely encourage you to check it out. As well as, if you're in the Harrisonburg area, yes, go definitely. visit. Oh, or if you're in, that in that Canada,
2: online. now it's there now too. Now Canada, yes. <laughs> in Canada, we'll, we'll get to Italy.
0: There we yeah. go, <laughs> little by little. Little by little. little so if you've got any Canadian viewers. World
2: domination.
0: Exactly. <laughs> Exactly, so we'll we'll start small. We'll start North America and cross the Atlantic. Uh, Well, Irina, it's been such a pleasure. Thanks so much for coming on today. Thank you for coming on. Thank you,
2: guys. It was a pleasure. Really appreciate it. Thank you.
0: And now as we switch from one great entrepreneur to another, uh, it's always always fun to just hear the growth story I think I love, especially. Yeah.
1: The passion always, that that always excites me too, just to see the passion that Mm -hmm. these people have. You know these entrepreneurs have for what they do. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, incredible story too. I mean, it's 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 amazing too. Long journey. Sometimes I think that well, it's
0: finding that need. and mm-hmm. say, hey, you know what? This is a need in the area that yeah. either for me or for others is not being met. How do I meet it?
1: And then well, yeah, but this time though it was interesting because the need for her, herself, herself. Yeah. Irina was like, oh, I want something that I could put. You Which know, I can't skincare find. exactly that I can't find. So she made it for herself. Then her family, friends wanted mm-hmm. some. Then slowly charging, and then yeah. it's amazing how it grows like that. It's it's almost like I don't want to make it too simplistic. But almost like watching like a seed grow into a yeah. plant. It's like the same thing. You see this little thing, and then a month later, it's like this, and then three months later, it's yeah. You, know, you a see tomato, that, tomato all plant it's huge. I yeah, did, yeah, At yeah.
0: the very beginning, it moves slowly, and you're like, "That thing, how is that amazing. ever going to become like a tomato plant?" Mm-hmm. And then two months later, you have a bazillion tomatoes, yeah. and you don't know what to do with them. So it's it's the beauty of uh, of growth, of mm-hmm. business. And speaking of another amazing entrepreneur, oh. we're very excited to to welcome to the show Lee Elberson. He is the CEO of Claiborne Education, among a man of many other talents uh, <laughs> and things. I know him very well because he is our... He's, what is it now? Board member emeritus and two-year chair emeritus for Community Investment Collaborative. Yeah. So, Lee, thanks so much for joining us this morning. Yeah, thank thanks you. so
3: much for having me, Michael and Alex. And it was great to hear Arena's story. I, I am always inspired by listening to entrepreneurs explain their passion and see hear their passion grow into something that serves the community.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. It's, it, it's a beautiful thing. And so, I mean, I know you well. I know Michael's met you before. <laughs> Some of our artists, I know you've been on Jerry Miller's I Love Sivo show, but for the Today Manana audience that maybe doesn't know just tell us a little quickly about yourself and a little bit about clayborne
3: all right tell me quickly about myself okay uh so i am a third generation entrepreneur my dad my granddad had a, a boat building business built really big that. boats for the navy and then in retirement built little boats which he turned into a business uh my dad ran a merchandising company and uh did uh, merchandising for the olympic festival for these big festivals across the country, and so I got no, got to witness it growing up, and anyone who's had a parent who's run a business yep. m- shows that you get to witness some of the exciting things about gr- growing a business, but you also see some of the hard times the time that signs. come across a business, and so I think I, I sort of shied away from that early on, and so my, my initial career was as uh, an experimental physicist, so mm-hmm. I worked on fusion energy research at a national lab for about a decade, and... You know, I think it just sort of had this moment where I, I felt this this drawing, this calling to, to serve the community. And I knew that I wanted to do that by starting my own business. Now, I didn't know what business I wanted to start at the time. I think many entrepreneurs, you know, you have this idea where it's like, I, I want to do this thing. And you think, what is that thing? And it's like, I don't know. What am I good at? <laughs> um, the what am I good at
1: part can that's be really difficult, too. It's like, oh, what am I good
3: at? Oh. Yeah, it's like, okay, I'm good at Physics <laughs> I'm working in a national lab. I don't know how that translates, but um, I was lucky. Uh, I had a really good relationship with my grandmother. She was always a lifelong supporter, and I remember talking to her one time. And she, I was explaining to her the statistics of the lottery and why it really never made sense to purchase a lottery ticket. And she stopped and she said, "You know, you're so good at explaining stuff. You know, you could explain anything, and you do it in such, in such a way that's so exciting." She was like, "Why don't you? Why don't you start tutoring?" Why don't you have a business in tutoring? And God, I remember thinking I was like, "That's such a great idea. I love working with people. It one on one. Mm -hmm. I love explaining stuff. I love that discovery process. And then that process of when you explain something to somebody else and and they they get it, right? And so when I moved to Charlottesville, I actually had another business idea in mind, but. Um, finally came to the realization that, you know, if I'm going to be tutoring and I want to start a business, these two really need to merge together. And so um, I had started an online business, and Claiborne Education was started by my business partner, and I had worked for him as a, as, a, as a contractor and, you know, had this idea that, you know, when I start a business, I really respect him. I need to go and tell him, you know, I, I'm going to start a competing tutoring company in Charlottesville. Yeah. And my business partner, being the brilliant guy he is, said, you know, I have a better idea. Why don't we be business partners? And I remember looking at him thinking, okay, you know what? Actually, I had a different idea when I came in here. That is a better idea. We should be business partners. And so I think that was, you know, one of the best business decisions that he and I ever made because we just had com- different skill sets. And that's the best thing you can hope for no, in business to partners is have to different develop. skill sets. And so... Um, that was 2014, and you know, at that point, I started thinking about growing the business, and my business partner um, put into place a lot of the pedagogical practices and curriculum and things that we use in the business. And from that point, Claiborne really grew into what it is today, which is, um, you know, obviously I'm biased, but one of the premier tutoring test prep and educational consulting firms in the state of virginia and we also serve nationwide and and sometimes globally I was listening oh, to her idea about serving globally and um... we actually in 2015 purchased the oldest tutoring company in charlottesville we acquired champion tutoring and so that was um, part of a growth strategy and you know in hindsight you know there's a lot of things you you learn and in growing a business as you know and you know i think at that point we realized that sometimes you actually can grow too fast if you grow too fast you're not serving the students in the in the best of their capacity and so at that point we started to make a more intentional effort to try to serve our students and instead of serving as many as we possibly could saying, let's scale it back and and let's, when we serve a client, make sure that they're a right fit for our mission. Mm -hmm. And so at that point, we really started to revisit our core values and and mission, and that is to serve one-to-one, like very... Personalized and um, high intense high dosage tutoring and high to, to dosage go deeper tutoring,
0: rather than broader. Uh-huh.
3: Yes, like. a- absolutely. And and with that, we started seeing like much more significant outcomes. Not just in scores. I mean, scores are are always going to go up, but in in feedback from parents saying, my student is so much more confident in their abilities. They have learned to love education, and I think especially nowadays, it's extremely important to get students to. To, to go out and seek out education on their own and really spark that joy. And so that really is, is our mission today. And we have become a hub for many different questions. We have school systems. We have parents from, from all over ask us, you know, what is the the, the the best step forward? Should I be doing tutoring? And the answer isn't always yes. Many times it's, you know, I think with your time, I think you could do this as a parent. Or here's some resources for you, especially for under-resourced families. Tutoring can be expensive. It, I mean, even if you hire a, a college kid and say, I'm going to pay you $40 an hour, that's, that's uh, out of a lot of families' budgets. Yeah, yeah. And so what can families do for free to, to help their students achieve that? And, and I think that's what we really take pride in. Um, at Claiborne is, is being able to serve that need. Now, most of our business is preparing students for college, but we prepare for a variety of different things. So we do academic tutoring. Uh, we prepare uh, kids to get into to high school, which is... Competitive. Oh, which, yeah, which, can you believe that you have to take tons of tests to get into competitive high schools?
0: Beat having been born in 1992, it's just in its. Like, it, it was. It's, it was never on the radar. Oh my you just Go to high school. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Tell me about your college application process, because mine was. I clicked a couple boxes and I got accepted. That is not the way it works today, you know. And I think for parents, it could be pretty overwhelming. So we help sort of provide clarity on that, and so that's pretty much what I do. Uh, at Claiborne, um, maybe a nice little offshoot of this is we also, uh, great timing in March of 2020, March 1st of 2020, we started the Better Future Foundation, which was a nonprofit aimed to help under um, students at Charlottesville High School specifically go through the entire college application process, starting with 10th grade, continuing 11th, 12th, and then their first year of college. Again, thinking about really getting in deep yeah. instead of just blanketing as many students as we can. And, and now we're opening it up to, to other schools. But, you know, that really, I think, is is at the heart of Claiborne, is trying to serve the community regardless of the socioeconomic need.
0: Exactly. Which you do, which is, I wanted to talk a little bit about because you also have it for our Latino community. I know you work with the, the LEAP program, which you can tell us a little bit about, as well as just what are your thoughts? Because I know one of the things a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with is you sit there and say, I... Uh, helping the community doing that part that's for when I retire but how do you kind of view that and balance that in and and meld that into what you're doing now because you're growing a company you're you're still in the thick of it you're not sitting here saying all right it's time for me to exit and I'm going to retire and that's when I give back you're kind of doing that now so maybe combine a little bit of those two two things the lead program and then also kind of your thoughts on on how you do that as an entrepreneur give back while you're still growing the company.
3: I'm gonna do those in reverse order because oh, I think yeah. that, that latter question is is a good one. You know, mm-hmm. I I get many people ask me because you know I poured my heart in the CIC, continue to pour my heart in the CIC and the SBDC. Yeah. I think it's one of the most amazing organizations in our community. Obviously, Better Future Foundation, Computers for Kids. Um, uh, City of Promise. There's a number of organizations that I, I do my best to, to volunteer. And when I have friends say, you know, I, I just don't know. I don't really have a skill set that's going to fit into a nonprofit. I tell them, you'd be surprised if you just go and show up. How thankful many of the, the many of the nonprofits in town are there that you will contribute anything. Yes. And even if it's an, an hour or two a week, it's it, it's so empowering. I think for yourself to feel like you've given back. The organization, the nonprofit, feels like they they can utilize your services. And then the end result is that whatever population that nonprofit is serving, they're benefiting. So it's really three different aspects of that that are really benefiting. So I think anyone, many people can contribute an hour a week, and I would say just find somewhere where your passions align and say, look, I make spreadsheets. Is there anything I can do to, to help your organization <laughs> you out? make or, excellent spreadsheets. Or I'm really great at making, ba- like, whatever it is, just go to the organization. And so um, I think that in terms of a business owner, one of the things that I know you've seen at CIC and, and I see many times is that when you're starting a business, you think, I don't want to charge too much because I don't, I, I don't want people to think I'm too expensive. I, I want to be able to, yeah. to, to have this spectrum and be all things mm-hmm. to, to all people and say, you know, so I'm going to keep my prices low because I don't want to price people out. And when I tell people, especially entrepreneurs who've been in business for a decade, and, and I listen to their prices and I say, so your prices haven't changed in 10 years Have you gotten any better at your job? Oh, I've gotten so much better. Have your systems gotten better? Yes. Has inflation gone up? Yes. So what am I missing that your prices aren't reflecting your level of expertise? Um, So I think making sure that entrepreneurs aren't scared to raise their prices and and feel like they have to come up with some justification. If you're getting better at your business, you should be raising your prices. And I tell them, by raising your prices, what you're really doing is you're separating yourself from others because... There will be price sensitivity. If I went out and told people I charge $50 an hour as a tutor, they would probably think I'm pretty, a pretty crappy, pretty crappy tutor because most of the respected tutors in Charlottesville charge a lot more than that. And so you're just setting yourself apart. And guess what? Once you set that price, you can always offer discounts. You can always yep. offer free services, but you should be charging what you're worth. And that allows you to be able to donate hours to a nonprofit, or have a sort of nonprofit arm of your organization that's, that's able to deliver these services. So, that that's was your second advice. question. That's
0: key advice there mm-hmm. to, on the pricing. Yeah. yeah. And to be able that, to that, that. That's
1: a problem we see often with the law entrepreneurs we talk to. We sometimes worry. It's like, I understand that you want to bring business, but at the same time, you can't be hand, handcuffing yourself because you're worried about, well, what if some people feel like the price is too high. No, you need to do what's best for yourself and for your business. And sometimes that is actually charging what you're worth.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And you're going to attract a certain, a, a certain population of, of people depending on what you charge. Again, if I charged $50 an hour, I, I wouldn't expect to get clients who were that invested. $50 an hour is usually what you pay a college student, and that's maybe they're going to cancel a lot and they're, they're not really bought in. Yeah. I want clients and families who are going to say, I want you to to, to help my students really engage and yeah. to do that you need to charge a, a certain price so anyway that's my recommendation for all entrepreneurs is increase your prices. <laughs> You're probably <laughs> worth it, right? Don't be afraid. <laughs> yep, exactly. uh, the second piece, um, LEAP program enrichment is something that we're getting ready to serve I believe this is going to be our fifth gosh, is, that, is that true? I think our fifth summer serving Uh, the Latino Education Advancement Program. It's um, ran by this amazing, um, uh, amazing teacher, Claudia Ramirez, and she is uh, um, just great at running the program. Her predecessor, Melanie Rodriguez, really set up this program about 20 years ago, and it's meant to help under-resourced Latino students in the Richmond area Mm -hmm. gain access to a summer program where they can um, take English classes, they take Spanish classes, they take math, they take English, and then we take care of the college counseling piece.
0: Oh, wonderful! We
3: originally went in and they asked us to do SAT prep, and I remember thinking, you know, SAT prep isn't the best use of everybody's time, mm-hmm. and that's even true, that's especially true today, and so I asked for some latitude to be able to broaden the program and say, if your goal is to help these students be successful in the future, we certainly want to give them access to resources so that they can attend a four year college mm-hmm. if, if they want to. But maybe a better fit would be um, a community college. Mm-hmm. Virginia has some of the best community oh. colleges in the country. And with the transfer programs yep,
0: PBCC to UVA.
3: 100%. I mean, we had our, a student go from PVCC to William and Mary and is now going to Harvard Law. So, like, you can look at that, yeah. and when you say, Where did you graduate from? You say, I graduated from William & Mary, and they say, wow. You don't say, oh, I graduated from William & Mary, but, you know, I went to PVCC for two years. You got a degree from William & Mary, and that yes. is astounding. Mm-hmm. And so I think the, the latitude we ask for is, is saying, let's look at all of the spectrum of possibilities. And, you know, what that really means, especially when you come from a, a family with reduced needs, is let's look at the true cost of college. Yes. This is going to sound very weird coming from somebody who runs a business that is, is in college prep. College, in many cases, doesn't make sense financially. You probably get this. Parents will come and say, so I'm going to take on $200,000 of debt so that my student can get a degree in this. And I think, I mean, if I had millions, then I probably would do that. But if I was cash strapped, I would think... I don't think that's the best use of your resources. Mm -hmm. It's putting you in a tough financial position. And furthermore, your student could probably get to the same results with less resources. And so that really is what we've integrated into the LEAP program, is is giving them good financial sense. Here's Mm -hmm. how much it costs for college in total. Here's how you would pay for that long term. Um, And then I think another piece that um, we've done is there's a big piece of culture fit. You know, there's many colleges you go to where the Latino population is 3%. If I was Latino, I would think, you know, I want to go somewhere where I, I feel like I'm going to fit in. Yeah. I'm a Cajun. As you can see, I'm not <laughs> just, Grap. as your brother said, I didn't just raid the, the um, Joker's wardrobe. Green, purple, and gold are uh, Cajun or um, Mardi Gras colors, and I come from Cajun culture, and so... Around this time, I, you know, I, I feel like I, I want to connect with other people who understand Cajun culture, which is, you know, it's it's a much slower environment down there. It's really focused on on on, on community giving. It's focused on on enjoying food and music. Yep. And many people down there sort of they they work to to live right. Their their job when they clock out, they are really wanting okay. to engage, and so. You know, when I came up here, when I found somebody who was from New Orleans, I thought, oh, great. So when we get together, we sort of cook for each other and, and show that acts of service. And so in the in the LEAP program, we're trying to, to just present students with all of these different resources. And we've had so many success stories of students saying, you know, I think a better fit for me would be to go to community college first. Or, you know, I do want to work for a year. You know, there's nothing wrong with taking a gap year working and figuring out how much, how difficult it is to work a forty-hour-a-week job close mm-hmm. to minimum wage? And
0: sometimes, I mean, we see it in Charles Scholarship program two technical schools and other. But sometimes, mm-hmm. I think there are there's a good chunk of, of students you'll see where that high school mm-hmm. kid wants to go technical school, but there's sort of a mindset of the parents like, "No, I've, I've done a bad job if my kid doesn't go to a four-year college. Like I've been a bad." Parent.
1: Yeah, there is I, a bit of a stigma against, sorry to interrupt, but there is a bit of a stigma that it's like if you didn't go immediately into a four-year college from 18 yeah. to 22, you're like like a failure or, or like yeah. a outcast. But in
0: reality, you can do extremely well. I mean, if, if, particularly if that's your, your child's passion, to say, you know, what's the path to get you training in this thing you love to do, which may or may not involve a four-year institution,
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I, I think you really hit the nail on the on the head, Michael. There is a stigma associated, and it's it's a classification system. If you went to a four year college, then you are successful. That's yeah. that's what we've mm-hmm. been programmed to think. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's it's in all elements of social strata. You know, that's you. If you go somewhere and people say, "Where did you go to school?" is the first question. Think about how you're classifying them. Yeah. Where, what do you do, and where did you go to school? To school. Yeah. Right.
0: First two questions. My
3: first question when I ask somebody is, "Tell me about your favorite vacation." Right. Like get to something that is exciting mm-hmm. and so i think if we can remove that stigma from parents and they understand yeah. that the path to su- like success means what you know what does success mean to a student first of all and it can mean a variety of different things just graduating from a four year u- university is not a marker of success if they are happy in their position and they're able to do the things that they love i consider that a success even if that means you're going to you know do a gap year for a year and then go to yeah. trade school for 8 months and then you know, hey, I, I, I'm a plumber, but I really love this because I, it allows me to travel with a band, and I'm able to play music and, and explore some of my passions. My
0: father always tells the story of our, our dad, that um, a guy he knew, because he was in, you know, Smith Barney up in New York. They were doing all the uh, fixed income finance stuff, but there was a guy who did like the back office, and he, my dad always tells, like this guy was really smart, but and so they would often ask me, you know, why come you don't? you know, go for that front office thing and stuff. And, he, and the guy said, I just want my simple life. I come in here, being back office, I come in at nine. The moment I clock out at five, I'm done. No one calls me mm-hmm. like, oh, this trade's not going well or you need to come in and do this. He said, my responsibility ends. I go home, I relax, and I have no more stress. And my dad realized, you know, there's different versions. of That guy was never going to make the big ticket, not... You know dollar numbers that someone that he could have made but that was the life he wanted and so to be able to look to people and say pursue the life that brings success can look like joy even if it's simple and it doesn't actually involve a big paycheck it can it, you just have to figure out what it is that brings you satisfaction
3: you know I think as an entrepreneur that's that's especially true you know I, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever done this but I fantasize many times like God what what if I just went to like a, a job where I just clocked in and clocked out? You know, as an entrepreneur, you're always yeah, on call, right? 7. Like, not only do I have Claiborne, I think you know this, I have another business, Eight Hats, a web hosting business. And mm-hmm. so my phone is pretty much always dinging yeah. with some sort of message. And so I think for entrepreneurs, it's, should I grow my business, right? Should I start hiring people? And I, I tell them, you know, once you grow your business and you start hiring, you, you have a different skill set. You, when you start managing people – you just have an additional burden on you, and I, I sometimes think about, man, when you're just an entrepreneur by yourself, you, your level of complication is so small, and maybe you're not going to build a $1, $10 million or even a $1 million business, but if you're happy in the income you're making and, and yeah. you can keep things mm-hmm. simple, just think about that when you go to grow, because exactly. I can think about different yeah. growth areas we've had in our business mm-hmm. where I think... I'm actually working harder and making less. I must. I think I'm doing something wrong this year.
0: Why? Well, there's growth to achieve a goal, and then sometimes there's growth for growth's sake, in which case you then look back and say, why? Why did I, do, you know what I mean? Why do I grow for the sake of growth just because people tell me I need to have a million dollar or a $10 million business? Why? Well, if listen, I'm-
1: listen. We, we understand, like, when talking about parameters of success, you know, like going to four-year college, it's also the same with money. Like, everyone's like, well, I'm always trying to raise more money. But in, in some ways, time can also be money, too. So if you could actually find yourself different ways to save yourself time that in essence is also a benefit you know and we always have these parameters of success it's like well you need to be making this much money to be a successful person no you don't as long as you're making money to meet ends and you know what if i and i relate this to like in italy i don't know or in europe their lifestyle is so much different than ours here in america it's hustle hustle work hustle you go to italy and it's like as a tourist we would be walking around and we'd see people in the suits like during two three in the afternoon at like cafe just drinking and we're like what's going on here? Like, it's like, you wouldn't be doing that here in America. You'd be like, why aren't you at work? No, they take like an hour for lunch, then they'll an hour later, they'll go take an hour for espresso and a cappuccino. It's like, it's a much more relaxed style, but in the end, that doesn't make them any less successful than us here. It's all no. about what makes you happy, and, and that's one of the beauties of being an entrepreneur, is you can you
0: work, have that flexibility. You have
1: that flexibility. To, to you know, the clocking the 9 to 5, life. yeah, it's great, but at the same time, you're stuck 9 to 5, you're you can 't really go anywhere or do yeah. anything
3: that's that's a really great point, and I think something we you know when we attribute success to to financial gain, you know that's definitely happened in the in the u s more and if you look at like the mental health in the u s it's mm. it's been on the decline as we are yeah. continually trying to get a little bit more um, you know just a, just a little bit more time, mm-hmm. they did a survey of people uh, who were t- who are excited about autonomous cars and and, and said well, like if you if you had an autonomous car and it would drive you to work what 's the first thing you do You know what the number one thing people would do is more work what so on the way to work they, on, on the way to work, they want to be able to cram more work in and I think like just people not taking lunch breaks, wow. you know uh, yeah, the first time I traveled to Europe, I was surprised that I mean, we were making a big spaghetti for lunch. And I'm thinking, this is going to be like a two-hour lunch. And they're like, hey, you want a glass of wine? And I was thinking, a glass of wine for lunch? And they're just like, yeah, because the lifestyle there is about enjoying your free time. Mm -hmm. And if adults are doing that here in the U.S., guess what the kids are learning? You know, the kids are overbooked too. You know, when we get students, they say, I'm having trouble with time management. And then I listen to their schedule and I think, you don't have a problem with time management, you have a problem with time hmm. yep. you you don't have enough time there's do nothing you can things. do even if you manage yeah. your time the best if you're if you're overbooked.
0: yes, yeah. is that something you see out of curiosity? what are because I know that's become an even bigger because there's just the more and more things we try to cram into intoted schedules and probably even post pandemic the fact that certain things can be done on Zoom, too is that, like, well you can, you can't you can squeeze that in you don't have to go anywhere. What are like i guess the biggest challenges that you're seeing among students that they're they're grappling with in this environment
3: yeah i think it i think it really is um i think it's 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 well there's a number of number of things but i think that the time management piece is something that that students are struggling with and and it really boils down to prioritization Mm. many savvy students will know that they're overbooked they'll know that they're trying to build up these extracurriculars to get into college, oh, my, my dad said getting into UVA is is a really good thing. So I need to. What do I need to do to get into UVA? Yeah. I need to fill my schedule with as many extracurriculars as I possibly can. And I and you know when you ask them, well, why, why are you in these? Why are you doing? Do you are you interested in like policy because you're in the the UN club? And it's mm-hmm. like. No, I'm just doing it because it sounded good. Why are you in band? Oh, it's I've heard that playing the violin makes you more likely to get to an Ivy League school. And I think that's not – extracurricular should be reflecting your passions, yeah, not, you love not, not your end goals. And so I think that's a big aspect of it. And I think another thing that, that students, at least the savvy students, struggle with is, you know, their uh, screen time and how that dominates their time. You know, I've actually – in the last year, I've had students who have said – I'm actively removing Instagram and TikTok from my phone because I realize once I start it's so addictive I can't I can't, I can't let, get off of the app and so I think we're starting to see students be able to understand that on, on a on a very high level and start to respect their time more and I think what I try to tell them is it's okay to have downtime not. Everything has to be 100% all Mm -hmm. of the time. And that's what's many times reflected on social media is, look at Michael's Instagram. Look at how much fun he has, right? Because Michael maybe posts the best picture every day, right? That's one moment in his life, and it's one moment in Mm -hmm. a vacation. His whole life isn't like that. Some moments he's just sitting around... Not doing anything. He's looking saying, what moments. do I
1: post on Instagram? Spend an hour with a conviction to post on Instagram. Right. Oh, no, it's, it's so true. It's just,
0: I, I think that you see ourselves as adults too, just the, the temptation of it. And I remember listening to a podcast on leisure and how in today's world, we tend to, in our modern world, we divide work. And then we just work so much that what's left is rest, where it's like work or do nothing. So like we work, 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 work. And then our only downtime is you know, watch TV, check social media. And we've kind of lost what the ancients had, which was the notion that you had to have this time of leisure whereby you neither do nothing nor work. Like the purpose of work is to provide time for leisure where you then grow as a person. You read, you know, you engage a little more with what you're reading. You know, TV is kind of a brainless exercise. You don't really like engage or contemplate, but you read, you find a passion. Like you said, to do an extracurricular that you actually enjoy doing is leisure because it's growing you as a person. And as we get into this modern world, I think, especially for the younger people in today's world they've crowded out so much of their time with what's essentially work to their school and then
3: extra career. things
0: i add to like you said for a goal not because i love them that all that's left is rest essentially which is like that do nothing face sleep eat and you know watch tv because our brains can't handle it anymore but losing leisure is such a loss
3: yeah, I think it, reading is such a like it's such a novel concept to many mm-hmm. students. Like they will read as part of a class assignment, mm-hmm. but if I ask them, hey, "What do you read during the summer?" Mm-hmm. and they say, "Oh, whatever is assigned to me," and I think there's not that aspect of reading to just in, enjoy something with no purpose yeah. in mind, and that's a much different mm-hmm. exercise. And I think mm-hmm. that's something that adults and students struggle mm-hmm. with. I think as as we're moving into a different age i i think you know it's it's easy to say all social media is bad or all the, you know all this sort of screen mm. time is bad yes. i think it has a place but finding a, a place for it that is is productive to us mm-hmm. right the the technology that we use should be serving us in some way not and not way not the other way around you know i think something i read in a in a book for leisure recently uh. was that Um, the reason why social media apps don't charge you anything is because that's not the product you are. are. (laughs) They're using your data. You're you're the product there, and they're just selling your data Mm -hmm. and and, and just consistently gathering more of your attention and selling it to advertisers. And so, you know, I I personally try to do this, but I think that for students, you know, there's – there's also just so much technology that they're not really equipped to. I think a mm-hmm. good example of that is if either of you use ChatGPT yet. No, not yet. You know what but that I, is? Yeah, I, I know generating. Is. It's, it's, it's Yeah, I mean, it, you know, I, asked, I, I had a student ask me about an assignment, and I thought, you know, I wonder if I, I asked ChatGPT to write me an essay on the Civil War. What would it look like? It was better than I could write. Yeah, and and it's not just, you know, and so it's these sort of technologies that, you know, we fear are going to take over. I I think I'm not as worried about that. I'm thinking that we we need to think about how they're going to integrate with our society now, and is Mm -hmm. the school system we're in now, is it not serving that need, right? Because Mm -hmm. if we're really asking students to be locked into a room and take a test where they won't have access to the Internet at all, what... Kind of jobs, like what kind yeah. of job requires mm-hmm. that, right? So why are we still teaching this manner? So anyway, as an educator, so mm-hmm. one of the things I worry about is, is we're not adapting fast enough yeah. to meet the needs. Of I
0: think that's the greater. I think for me, the threat is less Terminator or Matrix <laughs> and more Skynet. more like Wall-E. If you remember the, the mm-hmm. where, where basically you failed to integrate, so now you are subservient to that. Basically, you just float around and you're incapable of doing things that don't involve the screen. The screen mm-hmm. really doesn't control you. You have the freedom, right? All the people in Wally yeah. on the ship, they have the freedom to get off their, you know, floating chair thing and do something else. No one's stopping them. The machine isn't stopping them, but they've reached the point where they've lo- they're so inert they've lost the capability to do that. So so, for us to get to the point where we like you said, we use these tools at our disposal, but we especially for the, the kids that I think have grown up like I was ta- I talked to my friends a lot that we're kind of like the last generation born ninety two that remembers a time before computers and the internet was ubiquitous mm-hmm. like I remember not having a computer there's a generation after us that doesn't have that memory like their earliest memories I see to my youngest cousins right two three years old the screen is part of their life already yeah
1: they're already on iPads playing Minecraft instead of what <laughs> our age we would have been reading books because that's why our mother said go go no, read, go read, read, no, read great illustrated classics exactly. so, just,
0: so having grown up in that world how did they make sure that they're using that as opposed to being used by it mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I think it's, it's also difficult coming from our generation and, and seeing that and, and not judging the younger generation saying, yeah. you don't have enough critical thinking skills, you don't have this, and, and not giving them enough slack to think. They don't really have a choice, right? Yeah. If you're yeah. embedded with technology since you're three years old, then you don't know another yeah. way, right? You, you put them in a room full of toys and they think, what am I supposed to do with mm-hmm. any of this? And it's like... Oh, gosh, it's so weird to think that, like, when I was a child, you then you, I make a castle or I make there's going to be a, 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 a war against the, the circle blocks exactly. and the square blocks, <laughs> exactly. right? And which one can stack the most, you know? And I, I think that that's good for, for creative thinking and flexible thinking, but that's just not the world yeah. we live in. When well, so. you'll see
0: a future generation, right? I mean, 20 years from now, we might sit back and say, Oh, this new generation, they can't even write essays, and they'll come back and say, well, you, you taught us to use ChatGPT and just plugged it in. I never had to write an essay. so to, and you, But you don't realize the things that go into writing an essay that you will need in other places, not for the purpose of the essay, but for the other aspects of your life to make it fulfilling.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and another thing, too, I was going to mention is Google. Google's kind of changed the way we live, too, because we have so much access to information at our fingertips that I don't think we actually even begin to... Like, try to retain any of that information because anytime you just want to learn something, you're like, I don't need to learn that, just Google it for like two seconds, you know?
0: And you don't remember. Uh, exactly, yeah. Does
1: the, where does it, what does the Earth revolve around? The sun, okay. But you might not going to remember that unless you actually read a book. It's like, here, read this book about the planets and find out how they revolve, which planet's the biggest. Mm-hmm. You don't know that. Like sometimes people will go around and ask college students, like, "What's the biggest plan on our solar system?" Oh, they won't know.
3: Gosh, I know because so, they, just
1: doodling. Exactly, because they're just so used to Google and everything. They don't. They don't learn how to like retain information, and it's a
3: problem. Is that
0: something that you that you find that you have to sort of work on, sort of ways that in tutoring you break away from maybe ingrained habits of the screen to sort of get other skill sets? I mean,
3: I'll have I'll have sessions where a student is actively like on their phone, and I'll think your parents are paying good money for me to sit here and educate you, and, and so like getting them to, to disconnect from that, but also, I mean, getting students to develop those critical thinking skills like you're talking about, Michael, where, you know, I ask, um, how many people do you think um, live in the state of Virginia? Oh, I can Google it. Well, hold on a second. Let's stop and think about the critical thinking necessary to do that. If you can't even come up with something that's in the right ballpark, I would say something is failing in the school system. Mm-hmm. Number sense is extremely important. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I've had, I've had occasions where not just students but friends will not know like the difference between well, oh, should it be ten dollars an hour or a thousand? And I think you mean you're not even in the right ballpark if oh, you don't know no. the difference between ten dollars an hour and a thousand dollars an hour, right? So that's good number sense, mm-hmm. and that that won't. Google will not train you to have good number sense. Google will train you to get the right answer. And so, without those critical thinking skills, I think the workforce is, I mean, the workforce has dramatically changed. And I I don't see a world in which critical thinking skills aren't valued. And so, Mm -hmm. that is a problem. So, we do need to figure out how to get these programs to help serve our need. Right? So, um, I'm sure somebody's developed this, but something for Google might be, you know, uh, which is the biggest um, planet, Google would say? What do you think the answer is? Yeah. Right? Like, t- t- guess first and, and then, then I'll test you, yeah. that hypothesis, yeah. right? That's critical thinking skills. Taking guess even if I'm wrong, right? Like, how many times has Alex had a show? Uh ten thousand? It's like you think he's been on ten thousand of these shows? Okay, cool. Tell me yeah. how you came up with that number. There's three hundred and sixty-five days in a year. He does it once <laughs> a week. Yeah. Exactly. Which is It he
1: doesn't look that old.
2: <laughs> right. right. Or he's he a really good yeah, person. Yeah. Exactly. For 10, years.
0: No, it's just I think which I think is the key, and it's why it's so beautiful, I think, what you guys do, not just for right those whose parents are, are dedicated, but to go to that you know, the under-resourced kids and say, all right, because those are the kids I think they're most likely to just have a screen shoved in front of them and say, all right, I don't have enough resources to to teach you, here's a screen. But that you guys actually go and make sure that they're developing those skills because we know that in in those populations, I mean, the the next generation of leaders and geniuses, they're all there. It's just, can can we kind of bring out what's there Mm -hmm. instead of just tamp it back and stick a screen in front of it?
3: Yeah, I think that's, when, whenever we teach LEAP every year, I ask them for a, a list of, of rules, class rules, and I have them develop them. And one of the first rules is no phones during class. And it's it's so great to hear them say that. And, and they say, well, the, and I say, why should we not have phones? And they say, well, if somebody's talking, we should be paying attention to them and, and, and asking them follow-up questions. Yeah. And so they usually elect devil's advocates. And, you know, when we have critical thinking questions, you know, it's hard to get students to answer and we say if somebody gives an answer should always say thanks for guess. good you know mm. try to encourage your fellow students yeah. to take it's guesses and, and everybody to, to participate and I think that's it just can't happen organically in the way the school systems are structured mm-hmm. right now so I'm really happy that we can serve yeah, that I need that especially with these students because you know at the end of it it's amazing the growth you can see in a, in a program like leap which is it's only six weeks but Six weeks, five days a week, you can make it pretty no significant impact on students' lives.
0: Absolutely, uh, Lee, I feel like we could be here for <laughs> for two two hours <laughs> and more talking to you. It's always, I feel I always learn so much, and just going back and forth, yeah. it's such a pleasure. But uh, always, got to ask the, the last question. How? What's the best way for people to get in touch with you if this is something really they're interested in pursuing for their child, or or to talk about, or in for any of the other <laughs> things you do.
3: I'm going to list my personal cell phone number. No, I'm kidding. Um, so for, for Claiborne, any education-related inquiries, um, you can go directly to our website, uh, clayborne.com, C-L-A-Y-B-O-R-N-E.com. Um, and then if you contact uh, us, our manager is very quick to respond. You can also say, is it possible to talk to Lee? He'll connect you with me. If you're interested in getting... Uh, uh, Involved in the Better Future Foundation, it's betterfuturefound.org. You can also just Google uh, Better Future Foundation on Claiborne's website, and you can link to it from there. And if you're an entrepreneur um, and you're looking to start a website, uh, my other business is 8hats.com. Uh, we wear eight hats, so you don't it have to. You know. And we're super responsive there. And, you know, you can get a website up and running for as little as 35 bucks a month. And so it's just uh, a resource that is, is helpful for a lot of young entrepreneurs.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Lee, it's been an absolute yeah, pleasure. Thank you Lee, so much. I, I'm Thank calling you. Nick after this and saying, all right, when can we get him back? When oh, we get him i back. love that. <laughs> when that, we that get him I be feel better. like we only
1: really scratched the surface
0: of I know. what we actually want we, to talk we, about, we
1: right? Can, we can do so much yeah. deeper.
3: Ah, can, I'd, I'd can, love, can love that, yeah. To. And if you're interested mm-hmm. in, in participating in LEAP, I'll, I'll send you the dates this summer. If you want to come out for a quick session, we'd love to have you out Absolutely,
0: absolutely. Oh, let's do that. I'll get that from you. Great. Lee, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much. Thanks so much
3: for having me. I really appreciate it. Of course, of course. Ah, so so wow. fantastic! Yeah, just
2: I know.
1: Always great conversation. Very insightful yeah. too. You know, yeah, it was just it was great to get Lee's perspective on so many, so many different you know issues that I think the yeah. youth is facing in education today. Yeah.
0: And to know that there's, there's solutions
1: mm-hmm. out there, for exactly. them and work on them. Yeah, exactly. There are people out there who are doing great work to fix that, and yep. you know, that's good. That's, that's good. great for the community and. Charlottesville and beyond, really.
0: Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, this has been a fantastic show. <laughs> Thank you, Alex. Uh, it's been great hosting yeah, with you. it's been Thanks fun. Thanks for all the great questions. Uh, looking forward to next week as well. We're going to have on Horton Vineyards, as well, as well as Jennifer Blanchett from Flower Girl Seville. So some, some more... Uh, I, don't know, I guess always got a very uh, floral, uh, agricultural... Horton uh, vineyards. Is that like a winery? Yep. So um, uh, just got some agricultural yeah. theme Nick has put together for us <laughs> next week. Um, just always appreciate being here with you, hosting. No, appreciate you, Alex. Behind the camera, uh, always always making everything work out. Working on our technical <laughs> side, uh, as always. Uh, thank you all, our audience. Be sure to send us any questions, comments, people you'd like us to feature on this show. It's it's always a joy to feature amazing entrepreneurs and. Thank you all so much for that. Thank you, Emergent Financial Services, for presenting us, as well as our partners at Credit Serious Insurance, Castle Hill Cider, Forward Adelante, and of course, love being here on the I Love Seville Network set. On behalf of Michael and myself, thank you all so much for joining us. We look forward to seeing you next week. But until that time, as we like to close out on the show, hasta mañana.